Hey guys and gals, welcome back to another episode of the Constructive Liberty Podcast, Intentionally Designing a Lifestyle of Freedom. So we're talking about building a positive mindset. And I want you to think about the last time that an event, a situation, or even a person triggered you and left you in a, in a negative or maybe even a destructive mindset. How helpless did you feel? The guest that I have on with me tonight, Colin Thompson, has been there. He's felt that helplessness. But after spending some time to build up his positive mental fitness, he was able to avoid the negative emotions and feelings of helplessness. We've all been there from time to time. Colin Thompson is a certified positive intelligence coach. And through sharing his own experiences with you, you're going to get some new insights into how to build up your own mental fitness. And by the end of today's podcast, you'll hear some of his personal journey, but you're also going to pick up tools that you can use on a day-to-day basis to improve your mental fitness, improve your relationships, and increase your peace of mind and well-being. Your ability to maintain that positive mindset and what's happening to you is an ability that you can learn. I should say your ability to maintain a positive mindset, no matter what's happening to you, is something that you can we can all learn to do. Colin, welcome to the podcast. Your mind can be your best friend, but it can also be your worst enemy. And we want to make sure that our mind is serving us and can not harming us. Yeah. So often it seems like it does that. It does. Absolutely. Why don't you give us a little a little background of of who Colin Thompson is before before we got on to our live streaming, before we got into the recording, you were you're telling me some really interesting stories about where you came from and how you came to be in Shanghai today. Super fascinating. Just a brief kind of kind of how you went from living in Kentucky where I'm at, you know, a couple hours away from me to hours and hours away. Yeah, so I'll give you the 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 the, the short version, short sweet version. I am the I am the the son of I say double immigrants. My parents okay. well, my family from Jamaica, a nice warm island in the tropics in the Bahamas, not the Bahamas, in, in the West Indies. Very warm, very small. And they decided long, long time ago to move from this warm, small island to the big freezing cold of Canada. Um, I came out in Canada. Oh. <laughs> I spent a few years Canada, in Canada. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to Toronto, Canada, oh, where it's just it's just cold. Um, I, maybe it was too cold because my parents decided once again they wanted to go for greener pastures, and they then immigrated into the United States. So I am also an immigrant in, in the United States. I spent I spent about. 30, about almost 30 years in the U.S. Uh, my father always raised us to have that global mindset, not a global citizen, but just understand there's more than one ways to doing things. And if you, you know, when I'm growing up in the U.S., I learned one thing, especially when I came to China. I learned that and every 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 person has this view about his way his country, the way things are in the country. For the U.S., when I came to China, it was there's two ways to do things. There's the U.S. way and the wrong way, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and I wanted to I wanted to get a different experience. So luckily, I was fortunate enough to have an opportunity with IBM to go into a managerial training program, and I did that in 2006. And the last day of 2007, I arrived here in China, and I've been here I've been here ever since. So it's been a tremendous experience, and one that 
you know, if I, if I talk about growth, I think about when you embrace a new culture. And one of the benefits about being in Shanghai is there are just so many different cultures here, French culture, British culture, um, African culture, so many different cultures here. And, you know, when I was in college, not college, when I was in high school, I may, I may went to high school with maybe 10, 15 Asian people. Um, growing up, working in corporate America, I may have worked with, um, some, you know, some, a, a French person, but here, friendships, relationships are built because there's just so many people from different cultures here. It's quite a mm-hmm. cornucopia of, 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 of international people and, of course, the Chinese here. So a lot of experiences here and a lot of having to listen and learn about other people's experiences. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. I, I have not done much international traveling. It's been something that I would love to do and hope to do someday, but it mm-hmm. sounds like you've really enjoyed it, obviously, since you've been there for the last, what, 15 years now? That's, yeah, that's I've, I've enjoyed it. The last three years have been different <laughs> because of COVID. You know, if you yeah. leave China, you don't know if you can get back in. So we haven't been anywhere for three years. And hopefully oh, wow. this year, next few months, I'll finally get back back to the U.S. for a little cool. while. Cool. Oh, that's awesome. Get back and see some of your old old stomping grounds. <laughs> yeah, my family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's important. So you started right off by talking about how our mind can be our best friend or our, our worst enemy. What what causes it to be one or the other and how can we recognize that? Yeah, I think what causes it is what we call saboteurs. We have these and saboteurs, a mini can a mini version of you can on your shoulder saying <laughs> saying all these things to you like, No, you can't. You're not good enough. You messed mm-hmm. up again. Just give up. Yeah. Who does who does he think he is? Who do I think I am? So we have all these saboteurs that tell us all these things that we think aren't lined with their lives. And our main saboteur is our judge. And there's three ways that we judge people. First, we judge ourselves, tell, telling us you messed up again, you can't do it, why are you try, trying to do it? Then we judge other people. He can't do that. He, he's going to mess up. And of course, we judge the environment. Oh, man, this government is terrible. Because of the government, I can't succeed. Right. I'm, I'm not saying that because an example, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> a lot of people say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And what happens is we start to believe our judge and we have to be able to, to form the mental fitness or the ability to say, no, no, that's that's not accurate. I know I can do it. I know I can try it. And Ken, if I asked you, what, what, how, how would you define physical fitness? Uh, I mean, being able to run a mile without you know, being too out of shape. I mean, I would say that's pretty physically fit. Yes. And <laughs> being able to carry that? heavy things without, you know, having to stop and just be like all just done for. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. How would you define mental fitness? Hmm. Probably when you don't listen to those saboteurs you're talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll use you your want. example. Yeah. After you built up, right. The, the one mile doesn't hurt you. Right, going right. through going through these ups and downs of this wonderful thing called life doesn't really trigger you. And I ask people how they define mental fitness, and they say, "Ah, uh, uh, mental fitness." <laughs> people don't think about it that often, but mental yeah. fitness is just like our physical fitness. As you said, if you have a good good level of, of physical fitness, you can run a mile and not be tired. Right. But, but if you're in poor physical fitness, that same mile that wasn't much may hurt you. <laughs> may hurt yeah, you. Yeah. Kill some people probably. <laughs> right, right, right. So uh, too many fitness, cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite actually. And mental <laughs> fitness is pretty much the same the same way. What I mean is 
you talk about that mile. In order to run that mile and not be tired, you must train. You must start mm -hmm. with a quarter mile, work your way to a half mile, three quarters, and then to a mile. Work your way up. Train, train, train. Maybe, maybe over a month or so. Mental fitness, being able to go through life situations and not get overwhelmed. Well, you can't start with something big. You got to start building it up with small things, maybe like a pet peeve, right? Take a pet peeve and say, I'm no longer going to let this, you know, I'm, I'm no longer going to get mad driving my car. No more road rage, nothing. Anybody does start there. It's very small, very small. <laughs> maybe not for you. Man. <laughs> <laughs> now you're stepping on my toes there. <laughs> so, look, Ken, I haven't driven a car in three years. Okay. So, oh, so, so maybe, so maybe, maybe <laughs> no, you're dreaming me. about it. You're just wanting to get some road rage, ain't you? <laughs> but the point is, a lot of times people try to handle things that are very heavy, things that mm. really trigger them where the mental fitness isn't built up. The first day you go to the gym, you're not bench pressing. 300 pounds. You're going to bench press something light. And just yeah. the same way we want to build up mental fitness over time, you want to start with things that are small and work your way up. Once you no longer get road rage, no longer get mad if if your wife always leaves the microwave door open or, or, or light on, right? <laughs> work, work up, work up. And you'll find that after a while, you've gotten so used to taking a different action when you get when you get pissed off you no longer you no longer get getting triggered and then those big things right your coworker who just just, just knows how to trigger you no longer has the power to trigger you so yeah. it's the same thing building it up over time so I, I i do have to ask though like with physical fitness you can choose when and where and how you you do the workouts you can choose how to exercise and you can you can take the little things on with mental fitness, you can't always choose if somebody is going to cut you off in traffic or if maybe somebody close to you is going to die. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like what I'm hearing you say is to be intentional with it and to actually choose something to, to work out on with your mental fitness. Am I getting that right? Uh, yeah, you, absolutely. And the beautiful thing is, well, <laughs> maybe not beautiful for some people, but the beautiful <laughs> thing is in order to build up your physical fitness, you can go to a gym. You have to find a gym. Mm -hmm. In order to build up your mental fitness, the whole, all of your life experiences is the gym. For the moment you wake up in the morning, to the moment you go to sleep, everything you experience is your mental fitness gym. And you have so many different ex examples that you can use to build it up. But you have to be intentional. You have to say, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen once I get in my car. But no matter what happens on this drive to the store, drive anywhere, I'm not going to get upset. And in the back of your mind, you're hoping somebody cuts you off or takes a parking spot so you can actually practice. You're hoping for it right? <laughs> because you want to be intentional. You want to be intentional. So right. one of the things I did, you know, in my household, <laughs> if I go back about a year or so ago, every night in my household, my wife calls it World War Three. My son and I would get into an event or an experience, and every night I'd, I'd walk out of his bedroom feeling angry feeling guilty because I yelled at him. Um, this Ooh. feeling very, very bad. And my wife, you know, let me know, Carl, this behavior can't, can't go on. And I, I agree because, you know, my son shouldn't see me being triggered like that. And our thing was, and Ken, I don't know if you have kids, but I don't know what happened. You, you have children? I don't. Not yet. Okay. No. I don't know what happens when a baby goes from being innocent and wonderful at a year and a half 
to two years old, they just <laughs> <laughs> they, well, it's true. The they call it terrible twos, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I was on a happy podcast a few weeks ago, and the host Matt said, "Kyle, no, 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 terrific twos." If you have that mindset of terrific twos, not terrible twos, it'll be better. I told my wife that. She goes, bull crap. Anyway, Tell that to your two-year-old. Maybe, maybe he can turn that yeah, around. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So every, every night, it's my job to get him out of the shower and into bed. And from, let's say, let's say from 7.30 to 9 o'clock, as he gets a little more sleepy slowly, I'm getting angry, angry, angry because this two-year-old just doesn't know how to go to sleep. So I learned easy. You can't yell at a baby to go to sleep. So right. I, I realized I had to do something. So that was my that was my situation at home. I couldn't handle. I said, okay, let me apply what I've learned in mental fitness. Perfect. Let me apply it to this. Can I failed? Okay. I said, <laughs> no matter what my son does, I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get mad. That lasted literally about 10 minutes. And I said, okay. Not that long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was too big. So as we talked about, I had to start with something that was easier to manage. So in my case, a pet peeve, my wife, so so my, my, my the, the pet peeve my wife has with me is I leave a wet towel on the bed after I shower, okay? Ooh. She did not like that. And she let me know she doesn't like it. I'm not doing it on purpose. I, I don't do it on purpose. Sometimes on purpose, not really on purpose, right? So right. One, of, one of my pet peeves with her, is she leaves the microwave door open. And our microwave door's open, the light's on. So my thing is, we're wasting energy, just close it. So what I would do is I'll walk over there, start from way back here, and bam, I close it, right? So no matter, <laughs> no matter where she is in the house, she'll know. She'll know. She'll hear it. Yeah, and she'll know that I'm going to pick up about that, right? But yep. I, I, I said, okay, you know, this is the perfect thing for me to start with because, you know, pet peeves bother us, but not for too long. Maybe a few minutes, yeah. maybe an hour, but it's not so, so heavy. With my son, I'd be triggered for a long time after that. So I said, let me start with, with, with the microwave door. And I said, let me first have empathy for myself. Because when I'm slamming that door, I'm sort of I'm sort of giving myself negative energy. Let, let me not do that. And let me then have empathy for my wife. Because when I slam that door, she's feeling my negative energy. And empathy is very important to have. So I said, okay. When I think about me dropping the wet towel on the bed, you know, I take a shower, I dry off, drop my towel, put clothes on, and walk out. I'm not doing it on purpose. Right? Yeah. So I not not intentionally to, to get on her nerves. Yeah. Right. Not all the time, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> she, she left the microwave door open. Here's the towel. <laughs> yeah. So So I said, you know what? Perhaps... When she leaves the microwave door open, she's not doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Right? So I said, if I take that mindset, then, then no matter what happens, when I turn the corner, go in the kitchen, no matter what I see in the microwave, I'm not going to be triggered, which means I must also take a different action. So here's what I did, Ken. I tell myself, I'm getting ready, intentional. When I, when I walk through, when I turn the corner, no matter what I see, don't get triggered. Turn the corner, door is open. I walk over to it. I recognize this is this is a triggering event. Don't get triggered. I quietly close the door and keep moving. That's it. Wow. And after about after about I'm going to say three or four or five days, I no longer was even feeling the nervous walking in the kitchen. Whenever I see it open, just close it. Not an issue. And a few months, 
she stopped keeping it open. I mean, I don't know what happened, but she always <laughs> closing that, right? So I said, so little things like that, little things like that. And that, after that, I found another one, another one, another one, bigger ones, bigger ones, bigger ones. And finally, finally, after a few, gosh, like six months, I was ready to handle my kids' nighttime, bedtime. And now it's actually our best time of the day because we read books, we laugh. Um, it, 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 it's, it's totally different. He's older now too, but it's totally different. But my point is, Trying to start with little small weights, dumbbells, 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 more weight, more weight, more weight mm-hmm. over time. Because what you're doing, you're building memory muscle, muscle memory, yeah. just like physical fitness, right? Same mindset about mental fitness. And now, now I, I pride myself on not, it, it's very hard for me to get triggered now because everything I look at, this is an opportunity. This is a gift, right? This situation is going to try to trigger me. No, mm-hmm. we, were, we were on lockdown for three months in Shanghai. I said lockdown. <laughs> the first month, the first month, you couldn't leave your apartment. Okay, literally, you couldn't leave your apartment. Whoa, wow! For, for two months, you couldn't leave the compound, right? And during that time, as a coach, during that time, I was helping a lot of people deal with lockdown. And I told my wife day one: no matter what happens in lockdown, I will never be negative. And for me, that was that was like going to mini camp. That was that wow. was that was tremendous because. So many people came out, came out of that situation in with a poor mental, poor, poor mindset, and some of us didn't. Some of us really got stronger during that time. So, whenever you have a situation where you can work on your mental fitness, take the opportunity and say, "I'm going to find the gift out of this opportunity and build up my mental fitness." Mm. Yeah, wow, that that's so interesting. It, it sounds like, you know, we we talk about having patience or having faith or things like that. You don't have those things unless you actually exercise them. Like you, you can't, uh, you can't have patience unless you have the opportunity to have patience. Like <laughs> you, you yeah. don't just have it. It's like it's like the um, the guy that said, "No, I didn't want the opportunity. I just wanted to be patient. <laughs> I, I didn't want to have somebody <laughs> cut me off. <laughs> I just want to be a patient person." And I mean, it, it, it sounds a lot like the same thing with with the mental fitness. You know. You have to actually practice those things in order for it to be a thing. It, it's 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 weird how that works. It's not something that, like with money, you know, I can get money, but I don't have to spend it. But right. with the mental fitness, I don't actually have it unless I'm spending it, unless I'm using right. it. Right, right. It. Yeah, exactly. Really exactly. And yeah, but- I, I heard a guy, I was talking to a guy a couple of days ago that talking to a very similar conversation. And he was saying like when, when something comes up that would normally trigger him, he, he steps back and is like, okay, now and he talks to himself and it's like, how do I want to experience this? How do I want to dig in and find out what's really going on here? And, and he figures out how he wants to create the experience, you know, not blow up, not, not get triggered and all of that. But it, it really it put it in a new light for me. I, I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a great example because it's sort of like he's 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 being mindful, but he's being aware. It's like an alarm, okay? Alarm saying, "Okay, get up. What are you going to do next?" So, so Ken, question for you: If you put your hand on a hot stove, what do you do? Jerk it off. You jerk it off. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so the hot stove is a great alarm, great example of an alarm. Your your, your body is telling you. Danger, 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 yeah, danger, really, danger. Really. And you move your hand up. Same thing when you're going, when, you're, when your friend said, when he's being triggered, think of the hot stove. Okay, I'm being triggered. Danger, 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 danger. 
take your hand yeah. off and be mindful. You take your hand off, be mindful now and say, now what's my next action? Right. So I tell people right. when you find yourself being triggered, think of the hot stove. Okay. This event is an alarm telling you danger, danger, danger. Take a different course of action. So as your friend said, he'll be mindful and say, okay, I'm being triggered. What am I going to do now? Let me back up. So I tell people, just, just, just tell yourself, okay, I have a choice now. I can either act the way I always act or take a different act. But can I tell you, it's very hard, and I, I try to, to help people understand, it, it's very hard to take a different action. If yeah. you're being triggered, I tell folks, um, a lot of folks that call when I'm being triggered, how do I not get mad? How do I take a different action? <laughs> Don't worry about that right now. Get mad, take the same action, but just be mindful of it. And after mm. a while, I mean, after a while, you say, okay, I'm being mindful. I'm going to act the same way. Mindful, same way. Mindful, same way. Mindful, well, I'm, I'm mindful of it now. Let me try something different. But don't try to do that the first few times. First, just be mindful. Because sometimes we get triggered, don't even realize it. We're just going into our action after. But now you say, okay, yeah. I'm being triggered. I'm being triggered. And after a while, you say, okay, I'm being triggered. Each time I do the same thing, let me try something different. So first, be mindful you're being triggered. And then later... Take a different action and a positive action. Let me say that. Okay. <laughs> Take a yeah, positive right? action. <laughs> you know, don't slap somebody instead of punching somebody, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Instead of smacking them with a laugh, you uppercut them or something. <laughs> uh, body slam this time. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Take do something positive for sure. Got that. I'll uh, I'll have to make a note of that so next time next time it comes up, I can make sure to do it, do a positive one. <laughs> Oh, did I? Oh, there you are. I thought you froze for a second. Yeah, I, I wonder sometimes for me, and I don't know if this helps a whole lot other than to make me want to to be more in control, is that when I realize that I'm triggered and I'm responding or, you know, a lot of times people say they made me do it. I, the government prevented me from doing this or my wife made me mad because she left the microwave open. Sometimes for myself, if I sit down and think about it, it's like they didn't make me do it. Or if they did, I refuse to react that way because they're not going to control me. I'm in control of myself. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's, I think, a little start, but it, it's definitely not the the full way to, to be in control of that positive mindset. Maybe yeah. maybe a little start, but <laughs> or a, little, a little motivation. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like you have a, another version, a little mini can on your shoulder. I'm um, saying, you know, they did they did this to me. It's not my fault. And we call that saboteur the victim, right? Sort of playing the victim role. Oh, woe is me. The whole world is against me. Um, I'm trying to do good, but people keep trying to pull me down. And part of that is taking responsibility. And as you mentioned, nobody, <laughs> people can trigger you. People can trigger you. But yeah. it takes a lot of practice to first say, no matter what they're doing, no matter what, what, what output they're giving me, what I'm taking in, they're not going to be able to impact my emotions. It's sort of like I have Teflon. I'm, I'm, I'm coated in Teflon. And everything they say and do just slides right off me. So, Ken, the next time – and sometimes – can I curse? Yeah. Not really. Not really. I don't too much, but uh... – okay. So like, I, I try not to. I have some, I have nieces that listen to the show sometimes. Okay, okay. So I, I try all, to keep all, it pretty family friendly. Yeah, cool, that's cool. We all have have friends who are buttholes. Okay, right. um, co-workers who are buttholes, and we know, we know, 
And Cam, I'm quite sure you know somebody that you know, if you talk to them, they're going to do some butthole stuff that's going to trigger you. Yep. My advice to you is go out with them. Have a conversation. And I'll tell you why. Go back to what we are saying. Sometimes they put the blame on other people. I have a colleague I work with, and I know he is, he's a very cool guy. He's a very cool guy, but he's a button pusher. He pushes <laughs> buttons. He and, and to his to his credit, he's consistent. He's not pushing my buttons. Everybody. So because of that, I don't take it personal. You know, yeah. he's a button pusher. And people say, people say, can people say liars shouldn't lie? That's ridiculous. Liars should lie. They're liars, right? That's what they right. do. They're liars, right? Yeah. So button pushes push buttons. So I know every week we have a call, a work call. I know that no matter what, he's going to try to push my buttons. So, and I used to hang up, hang up, call and say, "This guy, talk, this guy, oh, he's, he's getting me." <laughs> I mean, but then I say, "Wait a second, wait a second, wait, wait a second, Carl. I'm giving him too much power." I'm giving I'm giving him too much power, and, and he's a butthole. I'm not giving butt buttholes my power. So I said, yeah. I said again, okay. When he pushes my buttons, no, take no notice. Don't give him the da, 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 da. and so now I look forward to these calls. So Ken, whoever pushes your buttons, try to test this out first, right? Try to have a conversation and not get triggered. Okay, not get triggered, and hmm. and look at it like this. Have, be a little arrogant. Say this guy or girl or thing doesn't have the power to piss me off. No, they don't, right? And if yeah. you look at it like that, it's like like a game. I bet he can't do it, and that's how that's how you build <laughs> up. Because if you're able to do it there, you're also able to do it in other situations as well. Yeah, and not just people, but situations. If you're trapped, if if you're trapped, it breaks down on a rainy night while you're doing something. Like, oh. But you know what? Okay, he's broken. Let me let me get it fixed, yeah. right? You'll be able to put put it to other things as well. Yeah, Whew. that that's really interesting. I like that. I'm not sure I want to test that out just yet, but um, <laughs> it's an interesting <laughs> way to put it to to think of when when you do allow yourself to be triggered by somebody like that, you're letting them live rent free in your head. Yeah, yeah. But don't like don't that. let that happen. <laughs> that's yeah. my brain space. You can't go in there. <laughs> so what's what's the? I mean practically what's the first step you know somebody keeps blowing up at their kid they recognize it how do they actually turn that around to where they quit blowing up like it's always after the fact that they're like oh man i shouldn't do that how do you actually become conscious of what you're doing like i i know that if you can be you can be aware of it but how do you get that awareness (laughs) You see my big smile, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm smiling because I, I have I'm this one. I'm I'm doing I'm what's it called? I'm in the lab right now. Okay, I'm in the oh, yeah. lab working on this because I have a three and a half year old son and a year and a half old daughter. <laughs> and oh, you know, I, I I promise myself, no matter what, called, don't loud talk or don't. And I'll I'll do I'll be great. But then one time something will happen, and <laughs> right. Just, just like that. It just pops just like out. That. It just pops out. So one thing, one thing I've learned is, is certain situations, as a parent, certain situations, I'll tell myself, okay, I want to talk loud or get animated less. I'm not going to go from, from you know, because sometimes my son just doesn't react unless you have a heavy voice. I don't know what it is, right? Yeah. And I'm trying to find ways to not have a heavy voice. So I'll say, Colin, don't, I won't say, don't raise your voice anymore. 
I'll say, don't raise your voice for certain situations. Okay. So if he peepees on himself or people in, in the bed, you can't really yell at him for that. He, he didn't do it on purpose, right? It's an um, accident. If he, yeah. yeah. If he if he takes his 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 food and messes with the TV, yes, you can get a little stern, right? <laughs> but <laughs> right. So right. just being aware of of what activities an, a natural three and a half year old boy does versus a child who's being naughty. And if a child's right. being naughty, you don't need to, to to yell, get a heavy voice, but in the moment, again, first be mindful of it first, and then after a while, tell yourself, okay, I have more empathy for him. I know he's just going through his age. And then, Ken, what I do is I imagine myself, his age. What if that was me doing that? How would I feel? Yeah. Or, how, or how did I feel? My parents yelled at me, did I feel good about it or did I feel bad? So, you right. know, putting yourself looking through the eyes of him, um, have, have empathy for your, for your, for your child. And now teenagers are different. Okay. I'm talking about younger kids. <laughs> teenagers should know better. Right. Yeah. But that helps you to say, you know what? I, I didn't enjoy getting yelled at when I was a toddler of his age. Let me not do that. But it's very yeah. hard to do in, in the moment. So I advise your audience first, tell yourself, I'm going to talk loud or, or get loud less often and only for certain situations. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of, have you ever watched the Andy Griffith show? Did you watch that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So Opie um, came to Andy one day and he's like, dad, you, you wouldn't, you're, you wouldn't yell at me for something. You know, if I, if I did something, you know, that was a little bit bad or messed up on something, you wouldn't yell at me, would you? And Andy's like, well, no, of course not. I wouldn't be any yelling. Opie gives him his report card. He's like, remember, no yelling. <laughs> and he's like, okay, fine, no yelling, but there's going to be some really loud discussions after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. It's kind of humorous. It made me think of that story. <laughs> yeah. So, you, you, I'm sorry, go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead. I was going to say another thing is looking at the households we grew up in. You know, it's a different day and age now. And I think part of parenting, my parents being Jamaican, I'm a wife Chinese and her parents, same thing. It was a very physical environment where parents can, can spank you. Um, now you can't spank kids. Um, now you can't spank kids. Now you can't, you know, it happens, but you can't do that. Um, even yelling. And I think now, you know, because my sisters, I have three older sisters and two older brothers. And my son was going through his terrible twos. I called him and said, what do I do? I don't want them to be in the same environment we grew up in, you know, one of spanking and yelling. And my sisters, all three of them said, yeah, Colin, there's, you know, there's no need to spank kids anymore. Not because we'll get in trouble by the police, but there's so many different ways of parenting where you don't have to spank. So one thing we don't do here is we don't spank. We might pat, pat, right? But we don't spank. Mm. But meaning there are ways that you now can communicate with your kids where I would have said, if, for example, my wife wants to wants to negotiate with my son sometimes. I'm like, negotiations? He's a two, three-year-old boy. He ain't paying no bills. He don't negotiate. <laughs> tell him what to do, right? But but yeah. it's a different type of parenting now, which is more of having conversations with your children, uh, more looking at them like they're not just raw dough at three and a half years old. They can think. They can have ideas and things like that. So it's, it's a new age. I'm getting used to it. I'm getting used to it. But it is much more... It, there's not as much mental baggage doing it that way as there is getting upset and then feeling feeling the guilt after. So right. I think I think the new new age of parenting is one that's more more um, collaborative. If you can talk about your kids like that, collaborative with your children. Yeah, oh, and that, and that's good. I, I think there's there's definitely probably extremes on both ends. You know, 
one parent gets gets his ass whooped all the time for for things and and then their kids turn around and just all gentle parenting no yeah. will you please quit doing that you know there there's got to be a fine balance in there so i don't know i i haven't had my own kids so I guess when that happens, ask me how it goes. <laughs> so once you started, <laughs> right? I'll call you up, be like, help me out, please. <laughs> my, my mindset's gone. <laughs> Is what's the relationship between a positive mindset and self-confidence? I mean, there's gotta be something there to because you know, I'm I'm thinking of some people in particular who get so frustrated when they, when they do break down and yell at their kids or, or they do the thing they don't want to do. And it does seem to mess with their self-confidence. What's that relationship? And, and yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure so, that makes sense. Yeah, it, it makes sense. I'll, I'll give it to you in, in an example. Um, so if you think about watch basketball and you see the, 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 the free, the gun free throw line or better yet, the clock is going down two seconds. You need the three pointer to tie, to tie the game. Some people will miss and some people won't. And mm. one of the main differences is, is if you're if you're taking that shot and you're saying to yourself, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, I'm nervous, I'm nervous, I'm nervous, I'm nervous, you're going to miss. But if you say to yourself, oh, I got this, easy, no problem, I got it. you're more likely going to hit. The second case is meaning if you have confidence in yourself. So once you're able to build up your mental fitness, you're spending less time listening to your judge saying, oh gosh, you're going to miss. You can't hit this. I don't want to shoot. I don't want to shoot it because you know, the judge is telling you lies. So there is a yeah. direct, direct correlation, even correlation, the, 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 the stronger your mental fitness is, the less time you spend listening to your judge telling you can't do anything, which means that you, you are, you're automatically building up the amount of confidence you have in yourself. And I tell yeah. you, going back to my example, when I start these calls, uh, with my colleague, my chest is like this because I know I'm confident. <laughs> it's gonna fall off. You can't do nothing uh, here. Be right. Very confident, as opposed to oh gosh, don't I hope he doesn't say something to me. Don't, don't say anything. Don't say anything to me. Right? Make me mad very, again. <laughs> very different. Body, body down here. You know, versus this. So as you build up your mental fitness, and again, remember, things that used to trigger you no longer trigger you, which means they don't have the power. So where does that power go? You took it back. It goes to you. It goes to yeah. you. You get that power. And, and yeah. you're charging yourself up. So, again, your confidence is definitely impacted in a positive way when you're able to build up your mental fitness. Yeah. I, it, it takes me back to an earlier part of the conversation where you were talking about being aware of it and knowing knowing what you're going to do. I wonder if that would also help build your self-confidence because you are taking the power back in that once you recognize that, Hey, I do blow up my kids or, or I'm, I'm just using that. Cause right. it seems like you talked about it and I'm thinking of other people that, that have um, had that concern for themselves as well. When you see that situation coming, if you be like, okay, I'm going to blow up and then you go do the thing. You're taking that power back, even though you're still doing the thing, you're making the conscious decision. Would, yeah. would that help there a little bit? bringing that autonomy back to you? Ken, Ken, you are spot on. And, and I'll say this, there's a practice that we do. And what we do is, is we sort of try to envision. So mm-hmm. I'm, going to, I'm, I'm an athlete. So I, I use a lot of um, sports analogies. Before I, before I got, on, I, I wrestled. Before I got on the mat to wrestle, I would imagine my vision, I visualize myself wrestling ahead of time. 
so that once mm-hmm. I got on the mat, I know my first move. I, I know what I'm going to do because I've thought about it. I've thought about it. I've thought about it. There was a study a number of years ago from um, Stanford University where they had basketball players practice, physically practice free throws. There are some that didn't practice anything and some who visualized practicing free throws. And the, the ones who visualized it and actually did it, same results. The ones who didn't put in wow. anything, poor results. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what that means is when you're visualizing something and practicing in your head, in your head, it's almost as accurate as if you're actually doing it. So your scenario mm-hmm. with kids, and kids are a great example to use because kids trigger the mm, out of people. I, I got parents, okay? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah. so they don't wait around. <laughs> they, they don't. They don't wait around. So you know, to the audience, think of think of something that your kids do. That 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 gets you upset again. Not a big one, but think of something your kids do that gets you upset, and imagine yourself taking a different action. Imagine yourself taking a different action. Imagine yourself taking a different action. Keep imagining what you're going to do when it's going to happen. And again, we know it's going to happen. So when it does happen, you've already practiced, right? Muscle yeah. memory, muscle memory, and then take that different action. So remember, we talked about the first action is being mindful. And once you're mindful, okay, this act- activity definitely triggers me. Okay, it's triggering me. After a while, I say, okay, now when I think about it happening, it's gonna happen tomorrow. Okay, my 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 child is gonna not get up at the alarm clock. I gotta run in there and tell him to get out of bed. When it happens, I'm not gonna yank him out of bed. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to, I don't know, politely say, "Honey, it's time to wake up." <laughs> <laughs> right? Whatever I'm gonna do, think about it. Think about it a lot, a lot. And then when yeah. it comes that time. Try it, try it, try and try it. So yeah, as, as you mentioned, visualizing, visualizing it first, and, and being mindful of it, and taking a different action that you thought you visualized, it does right. work. It is effective. Yeah, a different positive action. Remember. Uh, yes, positive action. <laughs> <laughs> positive action. <laughs> right. So, kind of changing the subject a little bit. You have a saying: "Crabs in a barrel." Yeah. What is that? So crabs in a barrel, it's sort of, it just goes back into one of the ways that we want to be able to maintain a positive mindset or, or maintain what I call forward movement. If we're trying to achieve goals, if we're trying to, if we're trying to put ourselves in a, in a better, in a, in a better place and actually live the life that we deserve, the life that we want. And one thing about crabs, you know, crabs. So, so crab in a barrel means that if you put crabs in a bucket, Crabs, I'm some crabs will, 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 will try to claw their way out and get out. And right when they're about to go over top, another crab will pull them back in. And so, so the one thing about crabs, you'll never see crabs getting out of a barrel because all these other crabs are always pulling them back in. And sometimes when we're trying to improve our lives, our friends, family will pull us back in. Now, what I mean by that is I had years ago, years ago, I told, I told, some people, one of my goals is being a professional speaker. I want to be able to speak and help people improve their lives. Well, Colin, you know you, you have a lisp. You know you don't speak that speak that well. And who are you? Who who would want who would want to listen to you? <laughs> so people who are gonna pull you back in. What I had to do is I had to call somebody who I knew would be more positive. I told him, you know, I'm thinking about nothing, but I want to be a professional speaker. I want to help people improve their lives. Colin. When you're ready, I want to hear your speech. I got it. You can do it. So so you got to associate, associate yourself with people who are going to lift you up, 
Okay, lift mm-hmm. you up, not the ones who are going to try to pull you down and keep you in that bucket. So, Ken, I, I ask gotcha. you in your audience, and, and you know, who are the people in your lives who are trying to keep you where you are and pull you back down, as opposed to ones who are trying to lift you up? Think about that. That's that's a scary thought, oftentimes, because you know, friends and family don't like to see you change because they like what's predictable. I, I like what's predictable. I like to know. I don't. I don't want my wife or. You know, my best friend to come in and just some, suddenly be somebody different. And yeah. I don't know. That's that's scary. And I understand it, but I don't. When somebody's trying to do better and be better, yeah, lift them up instead of pull them down. Yeah. But now yeah. I'm hungry for seafood. So, <laughs> <laughs> And Ken, the reason is usually the ones who are trying to pull you down, where are they? They're down. They're, they they're don't want you rising up above them. Right. They're still in the barrel. And, and yeah. perhaps they ha- they haven't seen a change in themselves. So it's very hard to see a change in somebody else or accept it when you haven't changed yourself. And that's why I tell folks, you have to really be be mindful of who you're letting into your, into your life and into your dreams and into your goals. Mm, yeah. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I, yeah, <laughs> you can go a lot of different places with that, but I mean, it is true. Like the, the mindset of the people that are around you affect you. The, the everything about the people that you are around with the most affect you. Yeah. You know, Sidney Poitier had a, had a very famous saying, I don't think he made it up, but I just heard him say it. He said that when two people walking down the street, what happens is they, they assume the same gate. When they were walking, they assumed the same pace, which meant one person had to slow down for the other person or speed up. Who are you slowing down? For? Who are you slowing down for? Right. So, mm-hmm. so that is, I found a very profound, very profound meaning. Who you know, if, if you're hanging out, at least if you're hanging out with people in, who aren't really doing anything in life, odds are you aren't either. Right. Yeah. It's a scary thought. <laughs> What's uh is there anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up? Um j- just just to your audience, just just a message of of I'm gonna say hope. I know right now that we're living in a very, very interesting time. And I do I wouldn't say a lot, but I do a number of, of speeches on the influence that technology has over us. Mm-hmm. Everything we do now. We need, need technology. And a lot of people don't understand the negative impacts of social media, of smartphones, of this and that. And I urge everybody to find some time every day to disconnect from your phone just so that you can reconnect with the real you. And I'm going to show you something here. Yeah, go for this it. Is, this is, this is my, my, my smartphone, right? And I try to put this away a lot. And I use uh, what I use most of the time now is this phone. Okay, and this phone, if I'm outside with my kids, no, it's going to be this phone if I need to use the phone, because now so many of us can't put the phone down. And I want to say Facebook or something. (laughs) Right, right, right. And, you know, people when I talk, people say, Colin, you can't tell me to put my phone down all day. I'm not saying that if you're on a couch, use your phone. But four areas when you're when you're when you're um, in in a bathroom, when you're eating walking down the street and sleeping, just put your phone away. Start in those areas. And what you'll find, you're spending more time daydreaming, more time thinking, more time thinking about the next scenario where somebody's going to trigger you and you got to take a different action. 
So we mm. need to have time to really do what we call this mental fitness these exercises. And if folks go to my to my website and and can I'm not gonna, yeah you you have this in your in your in your, in your notes. The yeah, website, yeah, yeah. But if you if you're on if you're on a um uh, um if you're in the gym and running right now, o l i g y e dot com slash five dash com slash five dash tips dash mental dash fitness. Okay, rewind that. You can hear it, hear it later. And yeah. you, you can get a, a free download of five tips, five tips to help you improve your mental fitness. Um, that's my gift to you, listener, because it, it's very, very important that we now are able to develop the ability, develop the ability, develop the ability develop the ability to maintain our mental fitness. Mm, that's beautifully said. I love it. I'll have those links in the show notes for you, Colin. This has been a really great conversation. A lot of good things to start implementing for myself and probably for the audience as well, hopefully. And uh, I really appreciate your time tonight. Yeah, Ken, thank you for the platform. And also, you know, just, just make sure you're appreciative to, to, to you for what you're doing and giving these, these, you know, using your platform to really give people inspiration and using your platform to really motivate people on how they can really live a better life. So thank you, Ken. Yeah, you bet. Guys and gals, thanks so much for watching and or listening. If that's what, how you consume this podcast, go work on your mental fitness. You can never work on it too much and keep